Um, would you pray with me for the word? Y'all ready for the word? Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you. We praise you. We magnify you. It is this moment, God, that we're going to share as best as possible, God, what you've already presented to us in private Bible study. So God, do let the words that will come from my mouth, the motives of my heart, be acceptable unto you, God, for you are my strength and my redeemer. God, it's a privilege to impart into your people, God, living word that would not only challenge us, but it would change us, change us for the greater, cause us to walk in victory. God, walk, cause us to be everything you purposed us to be, despite us. That's the awesome thing that we're going to discuss today about greatness. That greatness, God, comes even past our issues. So, God, here we are at this moment. Thank you. Feed me on my feet. Do let the words that will come from my mouth and the motives of my heart be acceptable unto you. And I thank you, God, for this moment. And, God, we thank you also for your word. Why? Because it's your word that makes us new. Your word that teaches us about you. So make it clear and make it plain. In Jesus' name, would you shout amen. amen. You could give a clap if you got one right there, if you will. Y'all know what time it is? Let me see them once. Amen. If you don't have one, would you ask your neighbor for one? I'm mean, not the neighbor, but the ushers. They carry them around right away, right there in their pockets. They keep them, and we want you to have the physical Bible. I'm a Bible physical guy. Uh, I like to teach from it. I like the way it speaks to me. Um, I like to see all of it on the pages, and so uh, we are always grateful to share the living word with you today. Wow, 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 wow. Hey, would y'all give it up for our ushers as they go ahead and take their seats and sit with their families? Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. And so 2023 has embarked on us at this third Sunday where we have been teaching, talking, and presenting to the church our theme, our focus, and the things that we desire to not just be, but to see what it takes and do what it takes and pay the cost for this thing we call greatness. So we talked about this year being entitled or called 2023 um, Year of Greatness. Somebody shout greatness. greatness. Now the purpose of this message is to really get us to see the greatness on the inside of each and every one of us. And so I've been saying some things. I like to say stuff to myself to really get me to kind of recall certain things that are important and imperative in my life, especially this Christian one. And so I like to create sayings that will recall these moments. And, and one of the things I said to myself is greatness is what I see and greatness is what I desire all around me. In other words, I see greatness within myself, but at the same time, I have a grave desire to see greatness all around me as well because sometimes people want to be the only great person in the room. But not your pastor. I want to have great people in every area of ministry doing the great work of God, producing greater people. 
And so we got greater children over in children's church and greater babies and greater teenagers that turn into greater adults where we got word in them as children so that, that we don't have to deal with all of their adult issues. I found out that when we grow up as adults, we, 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 we create or we end up exuding so many issues and most of our issues are stem from our very childhood, so why not train our children in the way they should go? So greatness is what I see. So greatness is what I desire all around me. So people say, why would you spend that to do that? Why would you do that? And people are over there giving their hearts to them because our desire is to see greatness all around us. We gave some new instructions, even some more instructions to the children's pastor I did this week. I said, I want them to learn certain things. I want them to aggravate their parents. At home with Bible, I want, they, I want them to make their parents feel bad that they don't know all the books of the Bible. I said, I want them feeling bad at home. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, Second like Seven. You see, and mom be like, "What you say?" You say, "What do I say? What the what?" I ain't gonna teach you Bible. I ain't gonna teach you Bible books in here though. I'm gonna, I'm gonna teach you how to live by the Bible book. You gonna have to learn them books on your own. I'm gonna teach you how to apply that. But I'm sharing this to say that because we desire greatness all around us, we realize even in first week that we had to pay the cost for greatness. We got to pay the cost because greatness does not come just to us. It requires a cost. It has conditions and criterias to it. And I found out that also greatness needs coaching. So I told you this is my first coaching series where I'm barking out like training instructions for the game. But you can't just show up to practice one day a week. You got to get the continual training so that when you get in the game, you'll perform. And I had a chance to attend a few basketball games this week, and I, I, I see people, they dribble real good by themselves until they get somebody on them. We good on with no party bothering us. Problems all around us, but we can't even hit our house yet. But when things hit our house is when we show what we've been practicing. And so the greatest of them need someone to coach their very fears. Because the coach speaks into your ear to your fear. To tell you can do something that you know you already are afraid to do. To speak courage, that's what means to encourage someone is to give them courage because courage is the only thing that allows us to do something we are afraid to do and still be doing it until we're no longer afraid to do it. Because many of us started some stuff, stuff scared. Oh, 12, 13 years ago this, this month was a scary moment for us, but I don't live in the spirit of fear. But it don't mean I don't ever get scared. But I understand that courage allows me to push past the fear. To see it out to the end. Those people that want to quit when things get hard, that courage that God gives us allows us to move past the pain. That's why cost of greatness is so important because it pulls something out of us because that greatness is that attribute of you individually that is natural for you or even learned because I believe that greatness is built and born. 
Because even though you, you, some people ask for greatness and some people, are just, they just receive greatness, but it's still going to cost you something. So I want to make sure that you're irritated by average and aggravated with just all right. And so I want to encourage you as we move forward, and we talked about hating, and people have been really on that, boy. Because um, somebody, people been walking up to and said, Pastor, I didn't realize I got to deal with haters the way I do. I said, well, I deal with them every week. All the time. This is my life. Greatness, you got to get hated on at least once or twice a week. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I, I, the thing I, I was saying last week, I said that, you know, um, if you don't be great, you'll start to hate. But what happened is that, um, I said, yeah, if you won't be great, you'll start to hate. Because uh, if you can't take hate, you'll never be great. But I also discovered last week that the very thing you hate is probably the thing that will make you great. I got that on Monday while I was doing deadlifts. And the person that was training me told me about my sermon, started preaching my sermon back to me. Oh, yeah, you was in there coaching us yesterday. I looked at him like, boy, I was, if you were beating me. And he said to me like, get down there, pastor. It's all in your hand. I said, no, it's all on this bar. That's what I was saying. He said, I, heard, I was in their sermons, then I applied that, applied what I'm telling you. He got in my face. I was like, I said, he said, you can do it. I just, and I used everything I got to get that up. I fed every bit of it later too, I promise you. And I hated it. Because the very thing I hate has the potential to make me great. That's what I discovered in trying to be great. The very thing that that's why some of y'all ain't gonna ever get that weight off because you hate to eat right. You, you, I hate, I hate carrots. I hate salad. I hate. Okay, okay. I love chitlins. <laughs> I, I love pork chops. <laughs> oh, there you go. Don't get caught. I'm too cool to fall. Though. I'm too cool to fall. <laughs> <laughs> I almost slept. I got caught slipping. Now unto him who is able. Y'all, I'm up here in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Jude told me now him who is able to keep me from falling. You saw how the devil tried to trip me up? Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? And so, so as we go into greatness, why I had to teach us the cost of greatness because the very thing I hate would make me great. And so as I was teaching us this, I found out and somebody even posted like a quote from Mike Tyson while I was saying that on the rock roundup this week. They said, you know, um, you think, I can't even remember exactly what it was, but it was somewhere in that same ballpark. And so I had to find out that I have to, I have to build a love for the very thing I hate in order to be great. That's why I have to embrace the greatness. I have to find a love for it. God, I embrace greatness because I begin to put all those things that I may hate that will make me great, I have to become aware of those things. I want you to share, I'm going I'm to talk about it right now. Y'all ready to go to Romans chapter 8? Thank you, media team. Got me on that time. I got you. I'm, I'm working with them. No, they, got, they got 19 minutes of that. They got a few minutes. But I ain't going to take them all. Y'all there, um, Romans chapter 8. So I was reading this. And it's, it's, this is going to probably be 
be the scripture for the next couple of weeks because it has a, a powerful prelude to it. And I need you to understand something that is so important because I shared uh, on, on first week that in order to be great, you got to give some stuff up. Not give up on life, but give some stuff up. You cannot be afraid of the farewell. You cannot be afraid to let things that mean you no good go to be greater. And one of the key things that we have to understand is this particular passage of scripture. This thing blew me away again even this uh, uh, week. And so I'm always, excuse me, I'm always intrigued every time I read Romans chapter 8. Like, like it, it, it goes to so many depths of the spirit. Now I understand something and I know this to be true is that I would never, we would never, you would never become the man or the woman God has purposed you to be until you identify the spirit of God on the inside of you. It's when man and woman connect to the spirit God on the inside of you because the spirit man or woman on the inside of you knows all the time what's right for your life. So you got mind, you got, you got body, you got soul, and you got spirit. You got three parts, right? And so, so, so the spirit person is always lined up with what is right for you. And then you have your soul, which is the emotions of a person. So all the thing that happens with that, if it sees something, tastes something, feels something, it, 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 it is ignited by any of its senses, it then begins to feel something, and then when my soul feels whatever going on in my life, when I make the choice to connect with, it, with the spirit or with the flesh will determine my next move. If somebody do something to me, say something I don't like, maybe cut me off in traffic, I can act in the flesh and give them half of a peace sign. Pull up on side of them, give them mean mugs. You know how that looks sometimes? Don't no, Y'all shouldn't. You should not even know what that feels like if you was operating in the spirit. Right? And so there's a struggle. This is, this is why I'm, I'm emphasizing this because this is the crossroad we're at at Romans 8. Paul is dealing with the very thing that could condemn us which is our sin. Our sin separates us from God, and I promise you, the sin in our lives can always prevent us from being great. You may be good, but you'll never get the greatness. Amen to that, somebody. I'm serious. I'm, I'm talking, man, because I need you to understand. We need to all understand that you got to be able, this is how you're going to embrace the greatness because God is teaching us in Romans chapter 8. This is one of the, I'm telling you, amazing. The pages has the potential to pour purpose out of them directly into our lives. And I looked at this because it's the climax of the subject of sanctification. It climaxes right here. It gets to its highest point right here at Romans chapter 8, verse number 1. It climaxes here about sanctification, which, which is the working out of our, our salvation. 
How many of y'all have heard the scripture that says, work out your own soul salvation with fear and trembling? See, sanctification is the process after salvation. In other words, it's the commitment after the confession. So many of us, we confess Jesus, because the Bible even says that everybody that calls the Lord, Lord may not listen. So what makes us obedient to God's word is the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. So I could be, I could make a confession. That's why there has to be a point in your life where you say, God, I need to make sure I'm filled with Holy Spirit because I need to make sure I am obedient to that which God is speaking to. It gives us the ability to reject our flesh and connect to what's right all the time in our life. See, when you start, it don't say you won't have problems, but what happens is that when you do it right by God, you're going to see by the time we get to 28, you'll see it working for your good. See, a lot of times we read this stuff by the time we get to Romans chapter 28, but God said, I'm going to show you how, the steps, because you got to get the good before you get the great. And I want to get you past good because the devil already messed good up in the beginning. Because when God created us, he says that on the seventh day, everything was created and it was all what? Good. And then Satan came in and corrupted it. So even in our good selves, Satan still can get you. God said you got to get greater. Greater is he. That's why when Jesus came, he came as a greater, the great I am. So we understand the same power that lives on the inside of Jesus is the same power that is available for every believer. Well, that was Jesus. That ain't me. Jesus wasn't walking around with, a no, with no different of a spirit than the one he left for us to receive. But when we don't acknowledge it properly, I don't think y'all hearing what I'm saying today. I'm talking about Romans 8. I'm pre if, you, if you're in the Bible, I'm talking. And so what happens here, he gets into this moment. He holds the prescription to our purpose. Amen. I'm not going to give you just a prescription and a prayer today. We're going to talk about some. See, what happens is that he gives us some list throughout Romans chapter 8 to understand how this thing is going to work together for the greater good of God. It holds the prescription because the Holy, Spirit, the Holy Spirit dominates in the entire chapter. The one who gives us the greatness, the Holy Spirit himself. It's through the indwelling of Holy Spirit that we are able to overcome our feelings, our flesh, and live, you'll see this later, the fruitful life of God. Anybody, I, I, I'm going to talk about, the Bible even talks about the great life. It talks about when we let things go and remove ourselves from these environments. God said, I can use you even in your messed up self. This is the transition right here from salvation to sanctification. He's saying that this is the chapter where our, all our lives was jacked up at. I, 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 okay, let me, because y'all ain't said nothing. Because somebody was sitting there and said, man, but Pastor, you don't know me. I ain't got no issues. That's your issue. You don't know how good I am. I'm See, you're so obedient that you got no, you got no mercy. I was watching this movie. I wasn't going to mention it, but it came to my mind again because I wasn't going to mention it. <laughs> it, it, was just a, it, it was just a twist in it that I picked up. Because every time I'm watching something, I'm looking for theological references. 
And in this movie, this guy died. He was, he, he was, he was over uh, a couple people that were supposed to be good and evil. And uh, he was separating them. He was like, this is good over here, this is evil over here. And uh, I was watching this movie. I was looking at it. I'm like, okay, I was just paying attention. And I said, God, this, 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 good and evil is your word, so let me just pay attention. And uh, at the end of the movie, there was this phrase. I don't know if anybody caught it. And it, it come to find out that the person that they thought was good was really the bad person that was guiding them the whole time. But he was constantly putting things into them. He said that how you turn a good person bad is that all you do is make them vain. And then they'll persecute you for not being right like them, which is the worst type of persecution. So I want to make sure I defend this text to say that this was the climax where we all was jacked up at. Somebody shout, I was jacked up. Okay, I just want to make sure that's just the case. I just had to put that there. Because sometimes when we don't think we got, we, we ever had issues, we won't accept this spirit that God has for us and we won't get greater because we think we're good enough. So he get this thing hard right here. He says in verse number one, he says, therefore, it's therefore a reason, right? Anytime you see that, you got to see that therefore is therefore a reason because it's transitioning a thought from previous thinking. It's translating a thought. It says here, it says, therefore, there is how much condemnation? No. No what? Condemnation is the very thing that will keep you from purpose, keep you from greatness. Some of y'all ain't walking into greatness because you all thinking about what you did. It's like, if I walk in this room and if people see me and knew who I was and heard what I did and maybe see me a certain way, they may not ever see the greatness in me. You might have started forgetting folks like that. Because if you was in them, they can get you. But the Bible says there is no condemnation for those who are in their friends. Those who are who, in who? You see how he puts us in himself with him being in us at the same time. See, this is like, this is, this is an, this is, this is a wrapping, this is a, an emerging of God, us in God, God in us, to show our connection and the lack of separation. See, when you're connected to God, I'm going to talk about it in a second, you'll see it in the text, when you and God are one, you are less likely to go back to your own feelings. See, because what happens is that you realize that when you are in no condemnation, that does not mean that there's not a court case still against you. Y'all hear what I just said? God said that just because there ain't no condemnation don't mean that there's still a court case out there. That, that enemy waiting for you to turn back. He holding all your stuff against you. He got it. He remember your problems if you don't. And God wants us to stop. He said, I need you to hear this climax because if you don't cross this line right, if you don't understand this concept right, you'll live in condemnation, you will be obligated to yourself, and then you'll live in separation of God. And you cannot be great separate from God. See how the enemy's tactics are upon us every day? 
You think that he's coming just to destroy you, kill you? No, he's coming to delay you, cause you to doubt, cause you to second guess, cause you to hesitate. How many of you hesitate? You may not be great. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So he says here, this is also, he says, therefore, there is no condemnation, look at this, for those who are in Christ Jesus. Here's why. It says, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit who gives life have, has set you free from the law of sin and death. Y'all see that? I know it don't make sense to you yet. Somebody said, no condemnation. See, what God does here, I got to say this, and man, 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 that time starts moving fast. I'm sorry. It begins with the conclusion of an argument. Like, literally, the Holy Spirit is arguing, arguing your case right now. This is what the scripture is saying. Not guilty. Uh-uh. I don't know who you for. I don't know who you got. They with me now. I, I, I heard what you said, but hold on. They, I, I died. I died for them. This is the argument. This is, this is case being stated for our great life in Christ. That this is what we have to understand. That's why I had to get you the cost because these are the things that we're going to have to give up. There's things that so easily beset us from God and it begins with the conclusion of an argument from the previous chapter concerning the issue of the believers. Hear this. Inability to do anything good with our soul sinful nature. How many know there ain't nothing good in us? Oh, let me tell you the truth. The Bible says your righteousness, our righteousness is as filthy rags. So because we have this tendency to mess things up, we're walking around every day with the tendency. And anytime we quote scripture as well, you know, a lot of times we, 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 we quote um, um, David when he was saying, uh, I was born into sin and shaped in an iniquity. You have to understand the context of that. He says, I was born into sin and shaped in the iniquity in which you conceived me because it was assumed that his mother went out and had him against Jesse and he was a mistress baby. So that's why when Samuel came to anoint kings, David wasn't present because he was out there tending the sheep because he didn't see him as his son. So David dealt with that doubt that, man, I'm born on a cheat. How can I be great? How can I be king? So he was beating himself up and said, God had to call him out. And this is where I look at this. God said, as long as you are in me, I don't care what family tree you come from. I don't care how many knots in it, tangles up in it, or, or craziness in it. You can be different than your dysfunction. He's arguing this case to say that I know that we can't do our sin for nature puts us in position to not do anything, right? That's why we need Holy Spirit. That's why I'm talking about this thing today. How can a holy God use such imperfect, no good, sometimes funny acting? People to do great things when there's no good thing that dwells in us. And I know some of y'all think you're good and you got, but that's why the indwelling of Holy Spirit is so important because it, it literally fulfills the righteousness of the law. And this is why this is so important. Can I tell you why? 
When I read this text, I got to explain this to you um, because some of you, if I was riding on I-10 with you and you passed me by going 80 miles an hour, you wouldn't care. You wouldn't care. You'll, 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 you'll fly by my little car going 90 miles an hour. You'll look over me and say, what's up, Pastor? But all of a sudden, you see one of those blue cars. And you're breaking your neck, about to catch whiplash. <laughs> they just saw whip, whip, yeah, whiplash. I said whiplash. <laughs> Why y'all messing with me? Y'all know Pastor Cut you. Whiplash, right? And you'll break your neck. Why? And if you got anybody in the car, they say, well, they saw you slow down. Anybody still got a ticket? You, 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 done broke your, you done went from 80 to 30. And see what happens when they pull you over. What do they say? He didn't say, he didn't say you slow down real fast. He don't even hear, he said, man, I saw you break real hard. He gonna say you were speeding. That's your condemnation. That's your case. They can say you can show up 30 days in court to plead your case and try to hope that the police officer don't show up. You say you're hoping? But if they do, you're going to be condemned. But what happened if you were just driving the speed limit? What would happen? What would be in your wrist? Y'all know y'all got this thing driving my black. They ain't nothing. They ain't got nothing to do with him pulling you over. See, if you waited for a law to stop you, see, the reason why the law is out there because if you keep speeding, you're going to kill somebody Amen. or hurt yourself. But if you're driving the speed limit, you are obeying. You don't need a law to tell you to do the right thing. This is what the Holy Spirit does. So that we can live. He says, for those who are in Christ, there is no condemnation. So even the stuff you've done, the thing that you once were, that case is still against you, but you got a lawyer. That's arguing the point that, yeah, I know they messed up, but I can still use them. And this is the moment in life where we have to understand. I know I got to go with that 31 seconds. That would look like. There's so many times. This is why this conflict was right here to be great. Because God said, I'm trying to get you to greatness, but you can't give up stuff. I gave up life so you can walk in no condemnation, but you keep grabbing hold of things that won't make you great. And so we live in this condemnation. And God is trying to let us know that there is always a contrast with the feelings that we have and the spirit of God that has the best for us. There's always a pull. So the only way we're going to win is that we feed, that we nurture, that we, that we pay attention to, that we focus on the things of God. And that's why he says, I need you to understand this. He said in that verse 2, he said, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life have set you free. 
How you keep getting locked up with stuff that God set you free from? How you keep getting entangled with relationships that God broke you free from? How you keep getting that same type of relationship? That means that the next time you get out of this one, you need to take some time and get your spirit right. Oh, yeah, I hear what I did. Oh, yeah, no, you got to be booed up. You got to have somebody on you. Touching somebody. Seriously. Job to job. And now every time you shift, you start over and you don't take the next step to greatness. See, the enemy, I told you, if he can get you starting over, you don't take steps forward. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? That's why this first, I'm, I, got a, I got a whole chapter I'm going to teach. It's a whole chapter. Because sometimes I have to take these moments and say, God, what does this really mean? It's the argument that God said, I see in chapter 11, he wouldn't even, he said, this is sanctification. I need to teach them how to work this Christian life so that they can see how I work things out for their good. See, when you don't learn how to work this Christian life, you won't see things, you'll be, like, you be praying all day, God, I'm not good. God said, you ain't work, no, you ain't work, your, you ain't work your part. I had 27 verses before I got here. <laughs> I'm serious. Like, people read, like, Matthew 6 and 33. Oh, seek first the kingdom of God and all this place, and all these things shall be added unto you. And they start, so, so, so they start getting added stuff and think that God did it. And then God, if you read verses 1 through 32, it starts telling Solomon fields, the fields of the lilies are clothed more than Solomon's closets. That the birds that didn't wake up this morning and went grocery shopping, that the Lord feeds them. If the eyes is on the sparrow, the Lord watches over you. That's where that come from. And he tells you all the stuff that you don't have to go do for yourself that God has already made plans to do for you. Amen. If you just stop by his desk first. Right. So don't go get these things and say, God, help me keep them. Oh, amen to that, somebody. God, 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 that was a, that was a burden. You, you're not asking God for everything he got to keep that which you done went out and did. That's why I tell people all the time, man, about giving. Can I just throw this in there real quick? Say yes. You got to give me permission. I was sharing one time. I said, how do I go broke on only what requires 10% of my income. I may need to evaluate the other things I'm spending my other 90% on. Amen. If tithing will break you, if 10% of your income will break you, it means that you're messing up the other 90 This, gives, this, this, this switch around 10% of one of your, uh, all the other 90. You may have enough. Okay, all right. I'm talking too much now. They, they, they say, Pastor, that's too much. I'm, that was revelation this week. I say, you mean to tell me 10% of my money make me broke? 
When my Bible told me 10% of my money was supposed to bless me. You see, how tricky, you see how tricky the enemy is in our life? He keep us in condemnation. He keeps us from obeying the principles of God. And that's what the Holy Spirit is for us. That's why he says there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. And I'm telling you this because he says, I don't need correction to walk in my completion. God is trying to get us to the point of greatness where all we got to do is make adjustments. Make some tweaks. That's why we didn't start over in 2023. We just say, God, we're just taking another step into greatness. So we're going to talk about this thing. We're going to deal with this. We're going to embrace the greatness in our life. We're not going to reject it. Because there's always a hostile force against God's purpose in our life. And I need to deal with that. Because it has the ability to take away our peace and limit our purpose. Our obligation is to live in the spirit. That's what, that's what he wants us to be obligated to. And so when we're obligated to the spirit of God, we'll begin to live our life like we owe our flesh nothing. I need somebody this week to tell your flesh, I don't owe you a doggone thing. I ain't gonna let my feelings get in the way another day. Amen. How many know that sometimes we can let the, our feelings get the best of us? Our emotions get the best of us. Let's know you don't act out of character and compromise your greatness. So all this flesh, nothing. That's what I'm saying when I'm walking in no condemnation for those who are in Christ. I'm saying I don't owe your feeling the way you want to feel about everything you want to feel a way about. That's how I know God is real because I can't control my feelings. People say, how do you know God real? I said, because you can't control yourself. How does something happen in your life and your mind conjure up all kind of thoughts? Come to all kind of conclusions. Create scenarios and you depict your disappointments. That's how I know God is real. And that's why his Bible says, take every thought, what? Under captivity, where? In Christ. How many of you can't control your thoughts? That's, see, that's, that's, what, that's what the enemy does. He throws thoughts of doubt all, and you're like, man, why am I feeling, it must be God said, it ain't got nothing to do with me. And if you have the Holy Spirit living on us, you're going to recognize that every single time. You're going to be like, hold on, no, no, that's not, that, I'm not that person anymore. I used to be that way, but I turned my life over to Jesus, and that thing still, oh, that, that court case still open. Because I, at any given moment, I can go back there at any given day. I know you can. You got to tell me. At any given situation, you can revert back. It don't take no time. All the time you've been spent changing, you can go back in one second. How you spent five years being sober? And one problem make you relapse. Relapse simply means I deny the way I chose to think the first time. So I want you to walk in this greatness, I really do. And I had to emphasize that particular verse first. Because it's going to be the walk that we're going to get in because we're going to be disciplined to the spirit. We're going to understand how this thing operates in our life. And let me tell you a quick secret. 
God says, and, and, and this is what I was saying earlier in this series, that greatness is going to cause your name to be announced. And this is what I love about, by the time I get to verse number 20, I'm going to paraphrase a lot through the week. Um, the weeks to come, I've got a lot of scripture to cover. Um, but I found out about the first part of Romans 8 and 28. This is the preview of the point. It says, and it starts off with, and we know. By the time I get here, I won't be the only one that know. By the time I get to this point, I won't be the only one in this room that know what it is. We're going to know. Somebody shout, we're going to know. There's something about when we start to come in agreement and we're on the same shit of music, we start knowing the same stuff. That's how it's going to work out for the good. It ain't going to work on, it's not going to work out for the good if only I know. Greatness is what I see. And greatness is what I desire all around me. Can y'all see the steps? Well, let's walk in faith in this. And I purposely and I promise I'm going to do the best I can to articulate this thing. But I had to lay some foundation to this segment. This is a whole nother segment. This thing screams the Holy Spirit guiding us to greatness. And when that thing gets to verse 28, it just shifts on us and it's, got, it's kind of this, like, goes to outer space. That's where you see the greatness happen. So if you get some personal time, you can look at it. Uh, but uh, if you want to wait for me to come back at it, we'll keep coming at it. And we'll dig into it deeper. God told me to feed his sheep, not his giraffes. Hey, Amen. Somebody said, that was over my head. <laughs> I'll get that later. Amen.